Hello, everyone. It is the end of the eighth inning uh, of game one of the ALDS New York Yankees versus the Cleveland Guardians. We're going to get into what happens here at the end. We're going to get into all of our feelings right now on this game. Uh, it has been that it's had its ups, it's had its downs, but there is much to talk about on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. You are locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Before I hosted Locked On Guardians. I was uh, the longtime writer at Scouting 24-7 when it came to the draft in baseball, though I got my start cutting my teeth back an Indians prospect insider uh, about a decade ago. And that's where I met my co-host, Justin. Where uh, where had they followed you in the past or could follow you now? Well, much like you, Jeff, I come from every <laughs> Cleveland baseball block you can imagine. Uh, ESPN Sweet Spot back in the day. Fans cited at one point the News Herald in Cleveland, or east of Cleveland, I should say. Uh, Guardians Baseball Insider now is where you can find all my written work. And uh, like you, I cut my teeth covering prospects, and that's still what I do. So it's been an enjoyable season um, to watch prospects. Sorry, that's uh, anyone who, <laughs> with the pause. Is my, I tried to update something, and it did not update. Uh Yes, I want to thank you all for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day wherever you get podcasts. This time it is typed correctly if you're watching <laughs> this live. Um, so this is a frustrator. Like Stephen Kwan had that home run and they had a chance to blow this game open. They get the bases loaded kind of luckily. Josh Naylor has a real check swing hit and the bases are loaded. Oscar Gonzalez doesn't get it out of the infield. Um, Andres Jimenez, who had had the double earlier in the game, just nothing is that the first turning point in this game do you feel the bases loaded opportunity yes yeah it was probably the only turning point really unless i mean at least offensively because i'm trying yes. to i'm struggling to think of other uh um, the options, rosario double play in the seventh yeah that was about it or the sixth inning yeah yeah they really had two chances to score throughout the game outside of you know Quan solo homer which Look, surprise, surprise, Cleveland's going to score its only run again on a home run, and uh, this time it's going to cause them to potentially lose. <laughs> you know, they who would have thought Cleveland Guardians in the postseason relying on the home run ball, and uh, it's worked twice. It doesn't look like it's going to work a third time. No, it's. I mean, all of their runs have come by a home runs. I was, I was joking online as I was watching this game. Uh, I had it on my phone as I'm doing, like, bedtime with my daughter. And so it's like her being like, is watching that double the bases loaded like is that a good hit daddy no that's that's not a good hit he nobody scored is that a good hit no and then the yankees hit the home run is that a good hit no that's a very bad hit uh that was <laughs> my evening but like saying they're watching it what would have been considered less likely Quantrell striking out the first two batters or harrison bader and stephen kwan being the first two home runs in this series and and that's what we talked about yesterday with stacy and i think you and i talked about it um after the Tampa Bay series as well as you cannot let the bottom of the Yankees order beat you. And I even wrote that today. Uh, my pregame thoughts was just Cal Quantrill couldn't let the bottom of the order beat him. He couldn't walk guys and get the judge. And I don't think judge batted with a runner on all day. I'm not sure if he did or not. I can't remember, but 
Uh, it's just ironic that he did great against Aaron Judge, struck him out twice, walked him third time when he had no business being out there on the mound for a third time through the order. Um, yeah, he did. He did good against Aaron Judge, and he did good mostly against everybody. It was Harrison Bader and um, I don't know who hit who hit the. It's inconsequential, but who hit the second uh, Rizzo? At this point? It was Rizzo. Yeah, he, I mean, you shouldn't have you shouldn't have been out there to face Anthony Rizzo. So, um, yeah, he he was fine up until that. I mean, Cal Cronshaw did everything you could have hoped for in that outing until until his third time through the order I, when he shouldn't have been out there. So the, I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, finally, felt, finally, we're going to have some conflict because I felt like Quantrell <laughs> was not sharp in this game uh, because the first inning was great, and then the second inning is the two walks. He wasn't hitting the spots. The third inning was was at the home. Like the first and the fourth are the only only innings that he didn't at least let a base runner get to second. Like he was, uh, you know, like I said, the second was the two walks. What the third I was the home run, and or no, yeah, the home run. The fourth was a clean inning. The fifth is the one where like Donaldson. I loved by the way, Mister Old School. I'm gonna complain about Tim Anderson and how he plays the game. Doesn't run hard out of the bases yep. and gets called out. That was just some great moments there. But he gives up that hit that is very nearly a home run. Oscar Gonzalez does misplay uh, IKF's ball, but IKF still hit that ball well. So he gives up two hard hits in the fifth, is lucky to get out with only one run. To me, he wasn't sharp. Like I said, first inning, he's great. Second inning, he's walking guys. Third inning, he gives up the home run. Fourth inning, he gets through okay. Fifth inning, two hard hit. Like I think Quantrell didn't actually pitch that well in this game. He was, I think he was fine for the fifth inning or the sixth inning. There, I don't think he pitched. I mean, yeah, I wasn't what, poor, but like it's definitely not where you want to send him a third time through this lineup, in my opinion. Like, there was no doubt. I don't think he had any business being out there the third time to the order. If you take out those at bats, and I know you can't do it, and when and he still get up the hits and still get up the runs and the walks, but um, I, I think the wise move would it's, it's easy for us to second guess, obviously, and play you know, Monday morning quarterback here, but yeah, I think he shouldn't have been out there to face judge the third time. It was the top of the order, you know, third time to the order penalty. And I don't know what Cal's numbers are third time to the order. And I don't know, you know, everybody else in that instance either, but I don't know. I, I, yeah. Was he great? No, obviously we we've seen ACE like performances from Bieber and McKenzie so far. And obviously Cal Quantrill is not that, but I think you got enough out of Cal Quantrill to say that you, we're in the game. And then by the time he came out of the game, it, you know, it's, it's, it's four to run in the top of the ninth inning as we're, as we're still doing this. And mm-hmm. it kind of, you we know, there a, was a point a in the hit season right now as we're going. Yeah. There was a point in the season. It wasn't a long point. There were, there were two points the season. You could say it, sometimes you feel like this team's never out of a game, but there were points in the season where you felt like a three run deficit was like 13. That was probably that uh, stretch between Baltimore and Seattle. And that's kind of what it feels like right now, yeah. given how they've hit, so little in the postseason. So I want to say, like, I don't think it was a bad outing by any means. I don't want to go right. off as that. But I think basically what I'm more trying to hit on is I don't think he was super sharp. I think it was a solid outing. I don't think it was a great one. And I think everything leading up to that screams, there's no way you send him out a third time through the order. We know statistically third time through the order is bad news. And Did then, you expect better? Did you expect him to be better than he was? No. I thought he was Quantrell. You know, I thought he was fine. Like, it's not a bad inning, but like, I guess for me, it's more that when you're looking at the sum of what he had done, there is no reason to send him out. Like, more than anything else, like, this wasn't like, yeah, you could look at him and be like, he's only thrown 73 pitches, but 
it had been a labored 73. He had not been super sharp. He wasn't hitting all of his spots. To me, it's more like it was a solid outing. It was a good outing. It was a Quantrell outing. He's your number three starter. You don't send him out against the team that scored the most runs in baseball, who has the best hitter in baseball a third time through. And for Tito, who I think I, I, maybe it was even you I saw who said this first. It's like for someone who took this team deep in 2016 by micromanaging that pen, he didn't do it in this one. He just sent out a starter again, and it was it didn't make much sense. Yeah, I kind of I kind of wonder if was was that more forced into it because they didn't have Carlos Carrasco and Danny Salazar, and you know they just only had two and a half pitchers at that point. Like was that was that more forced that he did that? That was the only way they could win. I mean, I don't know. I, I think, like I said, I think Cal Quantrill got them as far as you could have expected. I think that's exactly what you wanted out of him was five innings and one run, and it would have been tied. Um, I'm sorry, that would have been, been one because of the yeah. error. Yeah. Although yeah. you can argue if Gonzalez plays that ball, um, or if Will Brennan's in right field, which we can get yeah. into. Um, doesn't make that play and it's still a one-one game because that only reason that run scored is a sack fly because of the air. No, it's we're gonna take our first break here. We're gonna come back and talk about some of those questionable decisions. We're gonna talk about the error. Uh, we're gonna get into the good as well. I know some people are like, oh, this I'm already angry. I don't want to talk about that. We we Stephen Kwan, Jose Ramirez, even Trevor Stefan, you know, there are some players that need their due as well. We're gonna get into all of it. But first, let's talk about our fantastic brand new sponsor. I always love a new sponsor, and that is Roan. Listen, I am always looking for a comfortable work shirt. I like kind of the new age of comfortable work shirts. And this is the dress shirt that was due. The dress shirt was due for radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man. And here's why. Roan's comfort Comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what light throws your way from your commute to work to 18 holes on the golf course. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without hassle. With Roan's wrinkle-free release technology, wrinkles disappear as soon as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. With Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry clean altogether. The commuter shirt can get you through your workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com backslash locked on. Use the promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com backslash locked on and use the code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort. I always am looking for a nice, comfortable, easy to wear shirt. When you teach, you got to wear it. And I might be checking out this deal at Roan myself. So go to Roan today and we thank them for being a new sponsor. And the game's over. I didn't, uh, I was, you know, looking at the ad, so I missed it. This That's is, appropriate. it's, you know, it's a stinker. There's no way around it. This is a stinker of a game because there's so many things we can hit that are just, and we'll save the, po- let's end with positives. Let's, let's, let's end, you know, put that nice little refreshing bit there. But, you know, like I said, between, Listen, the minute Quantrill was sent back in, I'm like, it's playing with fire. And then it was. And then the minute that a med situation stepped up, I'm like, double play time. Let's get into this is the thing that that probably makes our listeners on YouTube the most irate. But let's get into Tito. Let's talk about it. You know, 
my general view, it's the same things we've seen all year. Like it's a med in the two hole just because he gets a lot of hits, ignoring the fact he leads this team in double plays. It's Brennan as the DH over Oscar Gonzalez because you want to leave Oscar in for the whole game and you know you're probably going to pinch it for Brennan with Owen Miller because Owen Miller can hit lefties even though he can't. Uh, it's it's leaving it. It's you know trusting your starter too long instead of going to Stefan right there in the six. It's it's all those things. I you know you talked about. It. I maybe you're right. I think the Tito at his best is the guy who was a micromanaging fiend in 2016. And I wish we saw more of that. I wish we saw that guy who was doing more micromanaging, not letting Austin Hedges hit in the seventh, not, you know, leaving the starter in there. Um, you know, your thoughts on what felt like a mismanaged game. Yeah. Look, I only preface it by saying, I don't think this team is where they are without Francona. I think it's a very, I think he did a fine job this season I think most of what a manager does well is probably, or what, what is most important is probably um, behind the scenes. You know, stuff yeah, doesn't happen agreed. game to game. There, there are only so many points during a, a, a baseball game that a manager can really assert influence or change the, the direction of a game. And unfortunately, I think some of those things do pop up like that. And, and the lineup is one of those things, like you said, with Ahmed and the bullpen usage. Those are the things that do make a difference. So, it's a double-edged sword for sure. You know, I don't think I don't I don't think they are. I think he creates a good culture and yeah, I think it's the things you can't great. You can't measure, but in the yeah. game, this was this was an ugly. I, I just don't understand why Will Brennan's not in right field. Uh, like like the other day, I think before the Rays game when they when they were playing Tyler Glass, they pitching against or playing against Tyler Glass now, and I said, well, if if Cash pulls a fast one and maybe Glass now goes twice to the order. And they bring in, you know, Jeffrey Springs or Jalen Beeks or whoever out of the left lefties out of the bullpen they had, you know, he would pinch hit Miller for Brennan. And that's why Brennan was the DH. And I said, okay, I don't agree with that, but I understand why he does that. But, and he, and he ended up doing it here in the ninth inning for, for against, um, against Wandy Peralta. But yeah, I don't know. Owen, Owen Miller is, is a better hitter against lefties than Josh Naylor, but he's not a better, I don't think he's a better hitter that, against lefties than Will Brennan. So, I would rather see it for Naylor than I would Brennan. And like we talked about before, Cleveland has to win on the margins. That means playing good defense. And Will Brennan is a superior defender to Oscar Gonzalez. Oscar Gonzalez, you know, I know it's one mistake. It's one error. But, you know, I, I think I have, I have yet to talk to anybody who thinks that Gonzalez was a good defender as a prospect. And there are no metrics out there that back up him being a good defensive outfielder yeah. either. No, I mean, I, I get it from from people who but like I, I just threw up earlier in the day, not like physically, though you could have watching this game. But like if you go to his baseball savant page, his outs above average is 10, his outfield jump is 16, his arm strength's 99. And we saw that. I mean, he did help get that out on Donaldson. But if Donaldson, I mean, hustles, it was though, very clear, like make he, a difference. it doesn't make a difference. But yeah, but it's one of those things like he is. Well, like I said, I, I send him out there until he proves he can't. That's kind of my view on Oscar. And I'm just going to leave it there because I know it's been a hot button issue, my view on him. But defense, I mean, he's a DH. Let's be honest. Like he is a DH and not, it, it hurts your team when you're, we saw it. We just literally saw it. Now it ended up being minorly inconsequential because then they overextended Quantrell and he gave up the two run home run. The Yankees, that lineup has two super dangerous hitters. 
two. I mean, there's a lot of really, but like LeMahieu is hurt as well. Like they, this is a very Scott Efrost, who we talked to, at least maybe I've talked about on this show. Like he's getting Tommy John. That's why he's not on this roster. Clay Holmes pitched today, but he's, I mean, this is a really beat up bullpen and they kept letting Garrett Cole off the hook and they barely touched the bullpen. Now there's an off day. There might be two off days, depending on weather. I mean, if you listen to the game, Bob Costa seemed to care more about rain than the guardians, but like to just, it's all those little things of the margins. It's like I said, it's not getting Cole out of there. It's, it's knowing that they have two guys who can really hurt you. And then leaving in Quantrill again, it's just, and again, he was, he pitched a Quantrill game, but in a seer, it's, it's no longer the regular season. You definitely just go to your pen there. Judge and Rizzo is as scary as it gets. And that's where they have their advantage, the bullpen. Like, and there's an off day tomorrow on, on Wednesday. So you can go out there and you can bring guys in early. And I, I, I get, you might think, well, we just played a 15 inning game. Maybe we should be careful, but you know, you got to win the game. Francona has always said, win the game in front of you. And I think uh, going to the bullpen there in the fifth inning or the start of the sixth inning, is winning the game in front of you, especially with an off day the next day. And he said Savali was in the bullpen for game one and they reassessed after. So you had, you know, and police act still on the team. So you had emergency guys. Morris is a little bit stretched out. So I, I, I just th- don't understand not going to the bullpen earlier. Yeah. I thought like the other side of it, like I thought Boone played his hand perfectly, like just going to Lawsinga when he did, who has been, who might be like, the most consistent reliever they've had down. Like they went to their best reliever in the high leverage situation. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they went to, and then he played the lefties and brought out for like, I thought he, I thought he managed perfectly in this game. Um, and I thought that also stood out as well in this. Well, we knew that New York was going to ride their starter as long as they could. And everybody kept saying, well, they're driving up his pitch count. They're driving up his pitch count. And he was at like 70 pitches through four innings or something. And I'm like, that's great if you can get into the bullpen, but they're not going to be scared off by a high pitch count because a, he's going to come back on full rest uh, in game four. If they, if they make it that far um, and there's an off day tomorrow, they're going to, they're going to, it's Garrett Cole. I mean, I, I wrote today that uh, what he gave 33 home runs this year, as Stacy told us, or you told mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Led the major. Yeah. 10 of those came in the first inning. His ERA this year was four ninety in the first inning. Uh, I think in the fifth inning, it was like four two seven. And I don't know if those are like, super concrete stats that you can say with, you know, can say that are, are accurate without context. Maybe there's context to those, but the first inning is when you get to Garrett Cole. They didn't get to him in the first inning. The pitch count was inconsequential because he became Garrett Cole after the first inning. He did allow the home run to, to Stephen Kwan, but after the first inning, he pitched like Garrett Cole. And that was the problem. The pitch count didn't matter. They were going to let him go as long as they absolutely could. That was one of the two things that like stood out. Bob Costa saying he was near the league leaders in home runs. I'm like, no, he was the league leader. Like, and then did did you catch the part where he talked about Jose Ramirez being part of the international draft that has never existed? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. Maybe he knows something we don't. I don't. know. I was like, there were a little bits like that. Where, uh, but though, to me, I think the low point of this whole game. Let me know if you agree or not. Was the horrific break it? Like, I'm gonna be old man, get off my yard type of moment. But the fake news report on the dragon, like oh, to weird. me, that was that does any like I can see the chat. Sorry, chat. We, I haven't really responded or thrown anything up yet, but I'm see. I see it. Thank you, Jesus and Kyle and Zook and Chris uh, in there. But uh, to the chat over here, did any of you guys also think like that was just the oddest thing? Like, I, I mean, I know we're supposed to talk about baseball, but in the game, I was like, what are we doing? 
like the whole Bob Costas of it all uh, was was a little bit overwhelming tonight. I thought as a just a fan perspective to take a break from our our, our f- feelings on the game. Uh, <laughs> but I speaking, didn't make sense. Yeah. Speaking of, of taking a break, we should take a quick sponsor break here and talk about my listen. I know sponsors are like children. You're not supposed to have favorites, but I do. And my favorite is Built Bar. Uh, Justin has not gotten to experience the joy that is Built Bar. But for me, this is a product since they introduced it and sent us our first box. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. This is the like one sponsor I buy from. This is the one who gets my own money. I go and buy Built Bars. Uh, they have a trick-or-treat bag right now. You get a free Halloween bag with any purchase over $65. And pumpkin pie puff with white chocolate is their current flavor. I'm hoping they'll send that. I am one of those people who is a fan of of pumpkin. I, I am part of the problem, not part of the solution. But if you like pumpkin, and then Stacy on the show yesterday beforehand, we were talking, was like how much she loved the mud pie puff. that they, they sent us a trial of that. I got some Cougar Tails, which is their BYU sponsorship. Uh, no matter how you feel about it, it tastes like a maple donut to a degree on the outside. It has that real maple taste. I am enjoying that right now. Listen, I buy Built Bar. I honestly do. This is the one one product where I can be like, I buy this. I spend my own money. When I go there, I use our promo code LOCKED15 because that's the best way to save money as well. It is a product I buy. It's a product I love. Sitting here staring at the pumpkin pie. I'm going to close this tab before I buy myself a box. Uh Go check out Boat Bar. I try a lot of protein bars. It has been the only one that I've ever enjoyed. Honestly, just end of the day, none other, nothing stands close. Go check out Boat Bar for yourself. Remember that promo code is LOCK15. And we are back. Uh, I do appreciate, I have uh, Pork Chop and Juice here both talking about the, <laughs> the Dragon Spot being cringe. So uh, some bonus talk. I'm Juice a Springsteen, huge... that's a great, that's a great yeah. handle, by the way. Juice yeah, yeah. Springsteen, kudos. <laughs> <laughs> and pork chop is buying our stuff. Uh, I can tell you, Sully loves the raspberry. Listen, if I don't know how much people can see the background, like I've got my stack of board games over here. I am a huge nerd. I, I like things nerd, but I found that <laughs> to be a terrible spot. Um, so let's listen. I know, uh, I know that we're going to get hammered for being too negative. It's and especially on an off day. Let's not. Let's we. You know, we talked about the issues. I think it really comes down to the last point of negativity bases loaded with not getting anything, the error Quantrell and the Rosario GD GIDP, right? Do you think those are the four kind of big moments in this game? And then we can move off after that. Yeah. Not, not pulling. Yeah. Not pulling Quantrell, the error in right field and then not scoring. I mean, you could say too, hedges i think that was an error on the steal from judge not yeah. that it mattered because they gave up the, the he got the home run after that but i don't know why you um, even throw it there yeah but i mean you, this team really can't afford to make errors and you can't get you can't have an error from aaron judge uh, aaron judge uh, austin hedges they wish austin hedges was aaron judge um <laughs> yeah nice. uh, uh you can't get an error from your catcher who is in there for defense and not for offense like that that's one thing you can't have like oscar gonzalez is not in there for his defense. He's in there for his offense. He makes an error. Okay. Like you expect that, but Austin Hedges can't have that. Not that I, you know, I know how important he is to the pitching staff and not how important, how important he is to this team, but he can't be out there making errors. Like that's an absolute nothing. Cause he gives you nothing with the bat. So, yeah. So negative. for a comparison of bullpens, they went uh, two and two thirds with their bullpen 
two hits, one strikeout. Cleveland went three innings, gave up one hit with two strikeouts. The bullpen was as advertised. The only hit once that pen came in was De Los Santos. Now, I mean, the other side, but one can say, like, honestly, with the way things played out, everything that happened with Quantrell in the six doesn't matter because essentially once that error happened, we now see Cleveland couldn't get anything else across, which is, you know, looking at this team, Quan and Jose, they were great. Uh, Jose had reached base three times, Quan reached base twice and had the home run. You know, they, you know, I I always talk about my little box score bingo. It's like Cleveland had by like the metrics I go through is just a quick hit. It's like, they should have had two to three runs. They got one. Uh, this, I mean, the lineup is scuffling right now. Do you think that's, I mean, I know we're, okay, no, let's not. Let's keep it positive. What did you think about Jose? What do you think about Steve Kwan? What do you think? Is this park perfectly made for Stephen Kwan? Like, should... Oh, it is. Absolutely. Um, I mean, let's not put lipstick on a pig here. The offense is bad. You don't have to just move on from the negative. I'm sorry. that This, is, <laughs> this, this offense has scored four runs in the postseason on in 33 innings. Okay. That's, that's not bad. good. That's, that's I, not generally good. Not, not from how I understand baseball. Maybe I understand. I mean, baseball in, 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 in what was 1928 when they last won the, won, won their first world series. That seems about right. Right. Four runs for 33 innings. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but no, Jose, Jose was look good. I mean, that's, that's, I guess if you want to, Pointed silver linings. I think he that first at bat. I I don't think he got a hit in that first at bat, but you could tell in that first at bat he was falling off a lot of pitches from Cole. Yeah, because he struck out um, in the first at bat. I think you could tell he was falling off a lot of pitches, and that's usually when you can see Jose is good is when he's in there battling and, and falling off a lot of pitches. Quan, all of his at bats were fantastic. He in the first at bat he was falling stuff off. He looked good, spoiling pitches left and right. Um, you're right. This park was made for him, and he can. He gets a fastball anywhere on the inner third of the plate. He is yanking it to right field. That's great. Um, I, I think Mike, Mike Petriello of MLB.com tweeted earlier today about uh, how perfect it would be for him to hit home run. And I said um, his best numbers this year come against four-seam fastballs. And Garrett Cole, what does he do? He throws four-seam fastballs more than half the time. And he left one middle middle cut for Stephen Kwan. And Stephen Kwan did what he's supposed to do against those pitches, what he's been training to do, and he did it. And I'll even give Andre Jimenez a little credit. I know he didn't come through um, with the bases loaded. I know he chased the pitches out of the zone. Let's all, let's also say this, Jeff. Garrett Cole is still a good pitcher. Yes, I know he's. I know his numbers suggest he's not as he's good a, as he has. He's been. a number two now, which is still an excellent yeah. pitcher, but he's like a traditional more of a number two. He led baseball in strikeouts among starters that, for yeah. a reason. He's not it a bad. Doesn't pitcher. happen accidentally. Yeah, did he give a lot of home runs? Did he struggle? Is he is he not worth all the money being he's being paid? I don't know. That's probably up for a debate. But he's still a very good pitcher. So let's say Cleveland's offense is scuffling. They also went up to get a very good pitcher. I will at least say that Andres Jimenez, after uh, a platinum sombrero in Game Two against the Rays, he had a double tonight. I'll take that as an encouraging sign because they need him to hit. And I know the other bats weren't great, but. Um, at least you can say, okay, he got a hit. Maybe that makes him feel a little bit better and he can, you know, lock back in and, and feel a little more confident because this game is about confidence. Yeah. I mean, the only other people to reach base were Ahmed getting plunked and Miles Straw. Should we, should we take a moment and like Miles Straw continues to be, you know, the excellent defender he is. He had a, the hit there before, um, you know, he got a hit, then Quan, then the double play. But he's also in the, 
an extremely uh, negative environment right now. Like they were the. Let's just put it this way: we have rules about what we can say on the podcast. I can't repeat what they were chanting about straw in this game, uh, because of you know the whole April situation and what went down. Uh, right now, if there's ever a time for people to rally around Miles Straw, it might be this series. Like if you're annoyed. Uh, he is. He was the guy who was the centerpiece back in April, talking about defending his teammates, defending Stephen Kwan, and you know he. I maybe it wasn't a huge performance, but he he came through more than others did. He did. He's been fine this this postseason. He had a couple mm-hmm. hits, and he had a hit in extra innings against Tampa Bay in Game Two. Uh, I think he's hitting. I, you know, these are super small samples, and um, it's you know it's been three games, but he's hitting three hundred in the playoffs so far. You'll take that because that's not what he did in the regular season. Miles Straw has not been a detriment at all uh, in the playoffs. It's been, I know someone, uh, Jesus just said, Jesus Perez just said, or no, I'm sorry, it was uh, Juice Springsteen who said, is the bottom of the order a liability? Is their batting order change that can make this more competitive? And I don't know. They went to, they didn't even pinch hit for Austin Hedges. They pinch hit for, or did they end up pitching? Yeah, they did. They pinch hit him yeah. for the ninth inning. But Will Benson, who hasn't they, like, why, been off the bench why not in like the seventh two inning? weeks. Yeah, I know. I know. But And then the same um, thing, it's like, uh, you know, well, some speaking of the chat, you know, let's see, let's see how this works. I've never done this before. Ready? Let's see what happens. So, I uh, hey, getting to see. So, what Brett said here, yeah, I, I agree. You know, listen, there's a lot of Josh Naylor in the news. <laughs> We're gonna. Well, here's what I'm gonna say. I, I'm a middle school teacher by day, special ed middle school teacher by day. Fifteen year old kids say things for effect, and by by and large, have so many hormones in their body they are dumb. So I think the bigger story with Josh Naylor is going and digging up when he played a prank on his teammate with the Marlins and stabbed somebody than what came up today. Yeah. That is a true story. He's someone who he's a silly guy. I think his teammates love him. I don't think there's anything there. I think he is that guy, much like honestly, I was at points in time who not always is good at seeing the line. And I think we saw that come up, but the line for him statistically to bring it back around has been rough. And I mean, there were points where he was just swinging at anything. Like it felt like I thought maybe he would feel comfortable because of that 2020 postseason, but did it, I mean, I feel like he's pressing your thoughts. I mean, we knew he was going to get a ton of curveballs. Like the numbers say he's bad against curveballs. Garrett Cole has a great curveball. That was like, you know, the most obvious point of, of attack for him. And he swung and missed it a ton. And, he was, you know, late on the fastball because maybe he was um, looking for a curveball and he, he took a fastball. So, hey, Garrett Cole had him out of rhythm. That's that's what Garrett Cole does. So, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do there. Guys are who they are. They, yeah, you know, they they are good at what they're good at. They they're not good at what they're not good at at the moment, and that's why you have advanced scouts going out and telling you this is what you can do and this is the game plan you should take and. The team that executes their game. I know it's boring, but the team that executes yeah. their game plan wins. And Garrett Cole basically executed. I'll be curious to see what Naylor does. Just because, listen, a year ago, he wasn't good. Even before his knee injury, he was kind of a below average bat. And uh, he, I mean, in spite of his injury, that dude could barely walk. And he worked his tail off and came back and was excellent this year. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to doubt him. I'm going to see what he absolutely can do. I'm curious to see the work he'll put in this off season. But I, I think his transformation, in some respects, probably doesn't get as much credit as it deserves just because it's like we focus on the injury. But it's like he also he had a below league average runs created plus last year. He had been a guy who couldn't break through in San Diego. 
and get opportunities. He was already on his third organization. Um, so I think a lot of credit and I'll be very, again, very curious to see how he works this off season, but I'm hoping he'll, you know, the, he, he is, this is a hot and cold team and hopefully it'll click on for him and he's going to be that guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw a question about Bo or, but, uh, with Bo and I, I don't think we see Bo at all. I, I've said from the beginning, I think he's almost more likely to be a pinch runner than, a anything else. Yeah. The only thing you can really see him is if they, a lot of they're up by a lot. Otherwise he's just there. And so you can pinch it for hedges and you can put mm-hmm. Malian as a defensive replacement. And then just in case the worst happens to Malian, you have him. That's it's like a safety blanket. That's really yeah. what he is. Which, you know what, I, I think I said this the other day, I said, if Cleveland goes to their bench, it's not a good thing. They have to rely no. on the guys that got him here, and I'll be curious bench, to see what happens. It's not a good bench. Let's just be honest about it. That yeah. is a pretty ugly-looking bench. I mean, you can make a case that Owen Miller is the best hitter on this bench, and I'll again say that he is the 25th worst hitter in baseball this year. Yeah. That's that's something we could talk about when the season's over is upgrading yeah. the bench. But uh, we can save this for uh, Tuesday show heading into Wednesday. But I'll yeah, be curious no. to see the lineup on Wednesday and Thursday if they play because it's supposed to be really rainy in New York. But I'll be curious to see um, what happens with the lineup because Nestor Cortez is starting game two, as we know. And, um, you know, you're going to have for more Owen Miller. You're going to have to pick a lefty. It's going to have to either be Will Brennan or Josh Naylor, and it's probably going to be Josh Naylor, even though the numbers say he's not good. And Will Brennan's numbers in the minors against lefties are not great, but they're also not horrid. And it's just going to be one of those things where he doesn't have a lot of big league experience against lefties, and he'll probably get squeezed out and saved for a pinch hitter. So, Which means Oscar Gonzalez in right field again. At the same time, I'll say oh. – <laughs> yes. At the same time, I'll say, man, Brennan did not look good tonight. Let's see. Yeah, you know, may, maybe it'd be helpful if he was out there playing in the field. Maybe it'd be a little less to think about and said, like, I, so, there are those guys who do not respond well to not playing. Uh, and I wonder if maybe that could be something that could just help him as being out there defensively. He's not used to DHing. This is a new role for him. Right. Uh, there are people out there in, on Twitter who are arguing with me about his defense and he's not a right fielder and he hasn't played a lot about uh, right field. And I'm like, no, he's, he's a good center fielder. He pitched he's in college. Arm. He's got a good arm. Yeah. He was a 93 in college. Will Brennan. I'm, I'm sorry. Two way prospect. Legit. Two, if like you, got- yeah. If yeah. you ask anybody who has seen both Gonzalez and Brennan, the minors, they will all tell you Brennan is the superior defender doesn't matter what position you can play all three if you play a good uh if you play an average center field you are by default an above average right fielder so i'm not going to listen to that argument sorry and the only question honestly when you go from center to right is arm and he's got the arm like when he was drafted it was gonzalez but yeah 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 well definitely but but some center fielders don't have the arm for right he definitely has the arm for right and when he was drafted, he was actually drafted as a two-way designation. And I thought like, oh, he can be a fourth outfielder or a lefty reliever. I thought it, like the arm isn't an issue. Excuse me. And I will. So I think, I think he could. Yeah. I love one last, and then I'll let, let it go to you. I wish I could give credit. I saw someone talking about Gonzalez being like the uh, Shinshu Chu experience. And I'm like, that's, that's a good comp. Oh yeah. Who was that? Was that our old friend, Kevin Dean? I think. It could be. I, I think it was our old friend Kevin Dean, former uh, IBI writer as well. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin knows a heck of a lot about baseball. That was a great um, call. I just wanted to throw that out yeah. there. Uh, you know, <laughs> I should try and dig it up to give him credit, but I thought that was a very wise call. 
Yeah, no, he's it's true. He's got some tools that you would think would make him a good defensive outfielder, but there are just things. And again, it's one play. This isn't a, a you know, a, a sit here and bash Oscar Gonzalez fest. It's not what it's meant to do because obviously they're on here without him because he had a great regular season and he hit a home run to get him in the play into the this round. But uh, it's just a bad play, and that's and when you have a better option. Maybe maybe we're blaming the wrong person. Maybe Oscar's yeah. defensive play is not his fault. Maybe it's the fact that he should have been. The DH, and I will give credit to the Yankees too. The one, and I said it a few weeks ago when we were talking about oh, uh, well Brennan's hot start, and I said the only thing that surprises me is how aggressive he's been, and he was super aggressive tonight, and that was kind of the report out there on him is that you know he'll, it the one way you beat him is by get, making him get himself out and chasing, and and he chased breaking balls in the dirt. The Yankees had the scouting report on him, and it worked. So, you know he's got to adjust uh, back. Credit to John Henry Graham. That's who it was. Um, okay. That's who it was. Just to give credit where it's due. I thought that was a great tweet. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah. And let's see. I mean, Oscar won him the last round, but he he's there for the bat. And yeah, it's it's just, and again, I agree. You don't put the blame on him. You you look at the choice to put him there. And, and we can, you and I both agree. We, we, we understand there is a logic to it. We just don't agree with the logic. Yeah, it just took him forever to pinch hit for Will Bryant with Owen Miller and I would rather see Owen Miller pin it, it, all things considered. I would rather see Owen Miller pinch it for Josh Naylor. If that's the way you're going to go or Austin hedges. Like if you're going right. to come out for it, you know, the whole point is if, if Will Brennan is DHing, then you're obviously saving him for Owen Miller. And they didn't do that in game two against the race. They did it tonight, but in the ninth inning, I think they should have done it with hedges in the seventh inning, but I don't know they didn't. So that's again, like I said, that we can second guess all day and yeah, Things didn't work out. They've they've got to take one in New York, and now they've got to face a left-hander who's arguably been better than Garrett Cole this year, so it doesn't get any easier. I don't even think it's arguable. He's been better than Garrett Cole. I mean, is he? he's one of the top lefties in baseball for a lineup that struggles with lefties. It's, you needed to get this game. This was the one. I mean, I, I Shane Bieber was absolutely nails in game one, um, but I don't feel good about tomorrow should we i mean or not tomorrow of thursday maybe friday we'll see how weather goes how yeah. i i'm i'm predicting they're going to be down 0-2 i'm going to go ahead and say that i nestor cortez is is that i felt like you had to get this win here um because cortez is literally the worst matchup they could have i hate to agree with you for all of our listeners and the fact that we <laughs> mostly always agree but i uh I really can't think of a reason other than the fact that sometimes this team defies logic and does weird things. I thought, you know, I they've come back against bullpens all year long. And I think I forgot what inning it was against. It was against Peralta. They had somebody on or low Isaac, uh, give up two hits and they pulled him. Yeah, it was low Isaac. I said, okay. Yeah. So they had two hits against him and I'm like, Oh, well, then they got um, the lefty for nailer and that's all she wrote. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. I thought once they had two hits against the wise guy said, well, maybe this is where they do it. Cause they've been doing it all year long and they didn't. So, Maybe they'll defy logic again on Thursday. That's the only thing you can really think of is other because Jeff's right. That's that's a bad matchup, and um, you to, hope to, that they continue to defy logic. The one thing I will say is this series, I think, actually sets up to favor Cleveland the longer it goes because then games get compacted. The bull, Yankees bullpen being in shambles right now is going to hurt them as we move on. So three, four, and five, like less spacing. Like if Cleveland can start with, like I know we may not be in complete agreement, but I, I do think that as these games come back, compact down, 
And in a way, getting rained out on Thursday, if they then have to just play all the games in a row, I think that benefits Cleveland. So I'm actually going to root for rain on Thursday. That's me personally. Uh, if they don't build in any other, if they just move the game one forward so then everything is smashed, um, I'm good with less off days. I think less off days benefits Cleveland more than the Yankees. Yeah, sort of, because they have the edge of the bullpen. I think there's some ways yeah. it doesn't. So, But we can save that for another day. I, I do disagree with you a little, but we can save it okay. for another day. There we go. We'll have some disagreement on tomorrow's show. Uh, so make sure to tune in um, for Justin and myself. I want to thank everyone who is listening and subscribing. We are having some of our best weeks ever on Lockdown Guardians. So thank you all. Remember to subscribe on YouTube. That getting to a thousand would be huge, huge, huge for us. So thank you for that. And how we end every show. Go, go, Guardians, go.